Good evening. If you have your scripture, please turn with me to Mark's Gospel, chapter 5, verses 25 through 34. Mark 5, verses 25 through 34. I'm reading from the Common English Bible. And it reads, a woman was there who had been bleeding for 12 years. She'd suffered a lot under the care of many doctors and had spent everything she had without getting any better. In fact, she had gotten worse. Because she had heard about Jesus passing by, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothes. She was thinking, if I can just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Her bleeding stopped immediately and she sensed her body in her body that her illness had been healed. At that very moment, Jesus recognized that power had gone out from him. He turned in a crowd and said, who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, don't you see the crowd pressing against you? And yet you ask who touched me? But Jesus looked around carefully to see who had done it. The woman full of fear, and trembling came forward, knowing that what had happened to her, knowing what had happened to her, she fell down in front of Jesus and told him the whole truth. He responded, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace, healed from your disease. If I had to tag a topic to this message this evening, I would title it, I came with an issue, but I'm leaving with peace. In the March 1991 issue of Essence Magazine, Susan Taylor, the former editor-in-chief, wrote in the monthly In the Spirit article, we are well acquainted with the pressures of day-to-day -day living. We're worried about the future, about job security, about being able to pay our bills as the country slides into further recession. We're concerned about our health, our personal relationships, and the welfare of our families. I wanna suggest that our worries are pretty much the same these days, but they go to a global extent. We worry about the disease of racism, the natural disasters that are popping up all over the place, one on top of the other, the crisis of poverty, the crisis with Black Lives Mattering, the crisis in our White House, a global pandemic, our education system is in crisis and Flint, Michigan still doesn't have clean water. While all of this is true, and there isn't enough common sense, justice, or love at work in our world, it is also true that we have the power to make these things right. For many of us, the living has never been easy. The fact that we are in a continuous external crisis is nothing new to some of us. But today, many of us are experiencing an internal crisis, and people are losing hope. I came to say this evening that suppressing negative emotions and uh, negative thinking is a constant struggle. It's a struggle that many of us have experienced. We tend to worry even though we know it doesn't make our situation any better or make problems go away. You see, worry only clouds our vision. It makes us feel like we have no hope. It confuses the mind, it weakens the body and it kills the can-do spirit. When that happens, we become ready hosts for the triple torments of doubt, fear, and a sense of depression, and those things gnaw at us. We become immobilized instead of making the necessary moves to correct what's not working in our lives, 
and in our world. And when we lose hope, we disconnect from our true power source. We cease imagining the brighter future that we can create because we don't see our present situation as what it is. It's an opportunity to bring about change and an opportunity to acknowledge that God is always present in our situation. And if we would just give him our issue, he would give us his peace. Change by its very definition is upsetting and people will go to extremes to avoid being upset. We'll avoid thinking about or discussing a problem until it becomes too big to avoid, too big or too urgent to ignore. We'll bury ourselves in our work. We'll party, we'll take painkillers or hard drugs, go shopping to the gym or anything else to avoid feeling uncomfortable. We mistakenly believe that the art of living is to be found in the seeking of pleasure and the avoidance of pain when the very reason for our existence is that we can expand our awareness of who God is, take action and grow. In every crisis, there's a message. You see, crisis is a nature's way of forcing us to change some things that are not good for us. Breaking down old structures and shaking loose negative habits so that something new and better can take their place. Crises are usually painful, but transformation is rarely possible without them. I came this evening to offer the assurance that the Lord loves us so much that he doesn't leave us in our crisis situations, but he stops heaven and earth to tend to our need. That's not me, that's the scripture. Look at what the scripture said. Heaven stopped and responded to this woman's issue. As I thought about this article by Susan Taylor and this certain woman in our scripture, I realized that in this in the spirit article, although it's 29 years old, it sounds just like what we're going through today in 2020. And she sounds like many of us, because if we're completely honest, we may not have an issue with blood, but we got an issue. I know it's not good grammar, but it's good theology. And yes, some of us have been dealing with our stuff for 12 years, 12 months, 12 weeks, 12 days, 58 years, or for the last 12 minutes. Whatever the length of time you may have been dealing with your issue, you still got some stuff. Dr. Terry Wardle says it like this, I got stuff, you got stuff, all of God's children got stuff. And we've tried everything we could to handle it, but until we take our stuff, to the ultimate problem solver until we take our stuff or our issue, if you will, to the throne instead of the phone, we're gonna keep wasting time, wasting money, wasting energy, wasting hope, being frustrated or just plain old giving up. I can tell you from my own personal experience that sometimes the stuff in my life has been so overwhelming and so powerful that my only response was to sit. But thanks be to God that when we are in those spaces, because God loves us so much, he doesn't leave us there. So in this Advent season, I invite you to, to a new journey where you expect something different because you heard Jesus was passing by. In this Advent season, are you expecting presents like under a tree or are you looking for the presence as in Jesus? In our text, we see a woman who wasn't satisfied with just sitting. She had a determined attitude because she knew that sitting wasn't going to change anything about her current condition. 
So she made her way to where she heard that Jesus was going to be. She made her way because she had gotten tired of going from place to place. And instead of her situation getting any better, it was getting worse. The date annotated study Bible says that that's what often happens when you get into the hands of people who can't do anything to bring you any relief from where, whatever your pain may be, but you continue to seek them instead of seeking the pain resolver. The commentary says that the Jews had many remedies for, for cases like this woman's, but they were all helpless to bring a cure. They tried drinks of herbs. They tried sudden fright. They burned new grapevines and sitting her over certain ditches and nothing. But how many of you know of you all know that it's the presence of the Lord that makes the difference in our lives? The woman said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. You see, Pam, this is the example of true faith. And I want to suggest that we need faith like that. The kind of faith that says it doesn't matter whether it's Levitical law or the United States law. I want to touch the hem of his garment. But she also had a hope that we need to hold on to. This woman had an issue, but she didn't forget that she had a hope because she heard that Jesus was passing by. She heard that when he was passing by, he was doing miracles. So she had to get to where he was. I'm asking you all this evening, if you know that Jesus is in your community and you need something from him, who and what's gonna be able to stop you from getting whatever you need? I would dare say nobody and nothing. So what do you do when you felt like life has dealt you a hand that seems so unfair? What do you do when you feel like it's got to be better than this? What do you do when the bottom has dropped out or when everyone doubts that you can recover from whatever your this one is? What do you do when you believe that you have no hope? I want to offer you a suggestion. Press your way into the presence of God and see if things don't change. When I began to study and prepare for this evening, I thought about how scared this woman must have been and how scared some of us listening to this message may be right now, because we've tried everything we know. We've tried our family, the physician, the therapist, the specialist, the oncologist, the dermatologist, the phlebotomist, and nothing has worked. We've been to the bank officer, we've been to the judge, to the teacher, to the preacher, to the candlestick maker, nothing, no change. Well, I came with some good news. The Lord is just as present today as he was 2000 years ago. And he may be on his way to heal somebody else's child or somewhere else to heal somebody else like he was about to do Jairus's daughter. But he's concerned about what concerns you too. But you've got to do something. If you would just reach out and touch him, touch him with your heart, touch him with your praise, touch him with your trust. Deborah, you've got to get off your blessed assurance and get in the flow of what God is doing. The scripture doesn't tell us this woman's name, but what it does tell us is that this is a desperate woman with a desperate situation and her pressing, her approaching the master in this manner was not common or safe according to the law. Can I at least arise this? If I can just use my sanctified imagination for a few moments and, and I can picture her feeling like, I got a situation and I ain't got time for nobody and nothing else that is not a guarantee. I ain't got time to go nowhere else to get an answer, been there, done that. But I heard about a man named Jesus. 
In all of our lives, there are times when we are hit with situations that, feel, that makes us feel like we don't have any hope. You know the cliche, desperate times call for desperate measures. And this pericope is no different. Here we have a woman with courage under fire. She has crossed all kinds of boundaries because of her condition. Down through history, the story has been told and preached of this bleeding woman, but rarely is this encounter ever explained as one of the most important models of how to go to the Lord when we find ourselves with a devastating predicament. Rarely is it expounded upon that this woman has given those of us who sometimes feel like outsiders a model of how to move by faith and be bold enough to reach out to the one who can do something to turn our situation around. Kristen, she taught us that if we expect something different, we've got to do something different. She has given us a model on how to approach God when we are in an anxious condition. She reminds us first that we must have faith and know. You may ask, Lisa, know what? The first thing this woman shows us is that she knows who Jesus is. It says in verse 27 that when she heard that Jesus was in the area, she went to where he was. Why would she feel a sense of urgency to get to where Jesus is if she didn't know who he was and what he was able to do. Regardless to how bad our situations appear to be, we must know who Jesus is and what he's capable of. She knew that if she could just get to where he was, she would be made whole. She acknowledges her situation and this nameless woman knew that if anybody could heal her, it had to be Jesus because she had given up everything else and nobody was able to do anything. There's no shame in her game and she doesn't let anything or anyone stop her. Some of us are never gonna get free because we're too busy worrying about what people are gonna say. We're too busy trying to cover our stuff up instead of getting the help we really need. I'm going, I'm going back away from that. That's another sermon for another day. So we must have faith and know, but secondly, we must have faith enough to go. Don't just move just to be doing something. Go when you know. Exodus 33 and 15 says, if your presence does not go with us, do not take us up from here. When the woman heard about the presence of Jesus, she made a move. She didn't just wait for something to happen. She got up off of her rusty dusty and went to where Jesus was and she got into the flow of what he was doing and tapped into his healing anointing. When she touched him, my research for this message was an eye opener. Because one of the things I found in the Sacrapagina was that the touching of the hem, Pastor Joel, is not what healed her. We've been teaching it that when she touched him, the hem of her gar his garment is what healed her. But if you check the scripture, Jesus said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Not the touching of a garment. Her faith is what made her whole. And so she had to go to where she was, where Jesus was to receive her healing. And so you must have faith enough to know and then have faith enough to go. And finally, you must have faith enough to show. I know y'all might say, this girl is crazy. Show what? You got to show some PDAs for Christ. You got to be willing to do some public displays of affection for Christ to show your love and appreciation for his love towards us. We must be willing to worship him and not care who's around. This woman is obviously privy to the teachings of the Israelites because she does something that moves at the heart of God. She worshiped him. 
She touches his compassion for the exile. She touches his love for the outcast and the weary to the point where he remains in communication with her. This posture allows him to see her respect and her, her, her reverence for him, her perseverance, her determination, and most of all, her faith is tugging at his heartstrings where he is willing to heal her. Her faith has moved her from being an outsider to a believer. He no longer sees just a woman without a man and without status. And now he gives her a voice to make her unannounced request known. So we must be willing to come to him and receive all that the Lord has for us. We must be willing to press into not just his garment, but press into his presence if we want our situations to change. So we must have faith enough to, to know, faith enough to go, and faith enough to show. We, like this woman, must remember that God's power is still working in our lives to move us from looking for the Lord's hand to looking for the Lord's heart. As I close and take my seat, I invite you to step out on faith this evening and, and expect the presence of God. Make a decision to press into the Lord because the Lord is concerned about anything that is concerning you. I'll tell you like the late Linda Holly said, I'm glad the fact that he didn't have a steady job, that he, did, that he depended on the resources of others and was homeless for more than three years didn't cause him to walk away from his assignment. I'm glad that the fact that his friends abandoned him and most, his most needful hours and his most comprehending student, Mary, the sister of Lazarus, didn't understand even though how he was still on time even though he was four days late. No, even that didn't stop him. He made a decision to press on and die in our stead so that we might live and live abundantly and eternally. Yeah, I know life can be rough but we can move from our current conditions and get into the presence of the Lord, that if we can just touch, it may seem like your world is crumbling around your feet, but if you can just touch, folks may have walked off and left you holding the bag, but if you can just touch, I invite you this evening to press into his presence and touch his heart with your faith. In this season of Advent, Stop looking for presents under a tree and start looking for the presence of the one who hung on the tree. I've decided I'm going to create a space and have intentional relationship with him. I encourage you, whatever you're going through in your life, instead of focusing on your issues, focus on the presence of an all-loving, all-powerful, all-knowing God. Have faith and see if things don't change in your life. I came with an issue, but I now have peace and the presence of God is what made the difference.